you're listening to the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you for downloading and listening to an episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. This is our debut on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We're happy to be here. I am joined tonight by Ricky. Hello, Ricky. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm alright. And so far we have JR on the line. How are you, JR? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And for anyone who's new to the show, I am Clive. That may or may not be my real name. So... We've got a busy one tonight, guys. Will we just get right into it? Let's get torn on it. So, obviously, we've got the Survivor Series coming up at the weekend. There, I've got some. There's too much to talk about with you with regards to NXT. So, what I'm going to do is put in a wee, a wee pre-recorded segment just before the quiz later on. But we'll talk about a wee touch on quickly with regards to Raw from this week. So. Right off the top of my head, I can't remember a single thing about Raw apart from Braun Strowman power slamming Kane through the ring. But I'm sure um, Ricky will be able to enlighten me as to what else happened on the show. I think, in my opinion, it was one of the much it was it was a, one of the better Raws I've seen in a while. Um, I'm saying that to be honest, Raw's been quite decent, but in terms of a a go home uh, episode, it it definitely was enjoyable. Um, Things that stood out obviously was Triple H announcing he was going to be in the five five on five male match, um, obviously SmackDown. Paul Heyman cut an excellent promo as well. Um, you had the return of Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. You had obviously Braun Strowman and Kane as well. Um, so I. And then you had Samoa Joe and um, Finn Balor. Yep, their story continues. That's good. Yeah. Um, so to me, it was quite it was quite packed. I really really enjoyed it. Uh, it was like I say, there was a lot of real good moments in it. Probably the, the biggest moment, obviously, being Triple H, and I was in here coming into the the main event, and obviously Bailey being confirmed as the fifth member of the female. Uh, Raw 5 which didn't really come as too much of a surprise but I overall I thought a very very good draw well there were rumours that it was going to be Paige returning to the main roster and she was scheduled to be the the last woman Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have made much sense to me to be honest I don't understand why no offence to Alicia Fox I think she's done quite well she's been quite entertaining but why would you give up um, Bailey's potential spot and give it to Paige and leave Bailey off the card completely when in reality it should be Alicia Fox if anyone's going to miss it it would be her um, so but maybe Paige will debut <coughs> at Survivor Series it would be not debut come back at Survivor Series but I think most likely I could probably see her coming back next Monday or Tuesday probably 
because uh, JR, as far as I'm aware, Bailey was the one that secured the victory for the Raw Women last year. Is that right? I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> I can't remember at all. I don't remember the, the, any of the women's matches. I'm pretty sure that she won it and then like she scored the last victory pinfall and Charlotte was on the ropes and Charlotte came in and attacked Bailey after that. That rings a bell for some reason. Mm. Mm. I think so, that's what it was. It would be a bit unfair of her because Bailey's had a bit of a horrendous year booking-wise so a strong showing at Survivor Series would be Accepted by myself. Never. You were talking about Bailey. I just I had to pause this, pause the show a wee second there to welcome and introduce Barry to the show. How are you doing, Barry? I'm doing excellent. Thanks very much. Yourselves, guys. We're all well, thank you. Yeah, we're doing well, mate. Good, good. Yeah, it's good to have you all on. Good, it's good. Nice, nice to start the social suplex journey with all four of us here for a fatal four-way. So I think the. We were just talking about the Bailey situation there, that she should be getting a, a better turn of booking this time around. Maybe it's going to be one of her lucky pay-per-views over the next few years. We'll see what happens there. It's obviously Asuka's Survivor Series pay-per-view. I think she'll have quite the impression. I hope she has quite the impression that it keeps on going. JR, what do you think? What was that, sorry? Just saying, do you think Asuka will have a good showing? Oh, definitely. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think I, I actually changed my prediction for tonight uh, based on that because uh, for some reason I forgot that she's in the fucking in the match. Um, I, I I I think she can. They've treated her well, man. They put her in the main the main spot. You don't really have to fucking get her doing that many promos. Just get her out there, and people will just enjoy her wrestling. Aye. I think it was quite a lot of stuff going on in Raw. So we'll move on a wee bit to the biggest announcement of the night was Triple H adding himself into the five v five match. I'm not sure how I feel about that, Barry. What are you? How do you feel about it? I was shocked for a start. Anyway, uh, I was glad to get rid of Jason Jordan as I predicted last week. I thought he might have been the one that uh, set aside for somebody big coming in. Um, I'm all for it because it's essentially just. A, Complete dream match, isn't it? It's like a match you make up on like one of the WWE games on the computer. It's just <laughs> a feel. It is. So it's just, I'm I'm happy about it. It just shows though they were preparing them with this. It was on the UK tour fighting stuff, so it just showed that that's what it was for, so they could get practice for this. So no, I'm happy with it. I hadn't really taken into account that him doing all the European house shows was basically shaking off any ring rust that he would have had. Well, I had that at the back of my mind, that might have been a possibility, so, but I just, I didn't see whether it would fit into the Survivor Series match, but the they, were quite, well. they were quite sneaky with that, though, because, like, did he not just come in because Kevin Owens had to go home? Yeah, that's right. So, like, he came in and it's like, oh, it's, oh, it's just fine, they're just short on house shows, and then all of a sudden he's fucking, alright, I'm back, for ICW. <laughs> <laughs> I think he took Roman Rangers place to the know. Yep. In the tour. Not right. Kevin Owens, wasn't he? Uh, Kevin Owens. No, I, it too. was Kevin Owens in Chile, and then. Oh, was it? Right. And, yeah. I thought Sorry. he was just maybe doing the raw matches in the eyes he didn't. I know. I think it was a mixed tour in Chile. Um, was it? Aye, aye. And then Kevin Owens had to go home because he's. I think some, something was up. And I think uh, Triple H went over to cover mm. for him. 
Is that what came with this week and sent home for the tour then? No, no, this was like, I don't know, man, like a, a month ago or something. All oh, right, right. This was before TLC when there was loads of folk having food poisoning and stuff like that. AJ Styles had food poisoning, but he still made the TLC show a few nights later. And Kevin Owens had to go home. That was different from Kevin Owens and Sammy being sent home. Right. Which, I didn't realise that. Yeah, I'm not sure. This whole Triple H added in, as you were saying, Barry, it, it's pretty cool in terms of, like, it's a powerhouse matchup. But if we're going to get another one of these McMahon Helmsley eras, version 4.5 or something like that, because it's been happening a lot, and as far as I'm concerned, Raw has been very watchable for like a lot of better segments and stuff over the last few months basically since Triple H and Stephanie have been off telly and now you've got Stephanie coming on threatening the GM's job yet again and Triple H is coming in as the muscle but he's basically Stephanie's attack dog as it were so I'll try and look past it and hopefully it would appear that it could be setting up Triple H versus Angle but does anyone feel sorry for Jason Jordan in all of this? Ricky? Uh, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in a sense that, like, seeing what I said with Jinder last week, like, biggest magic creator, and it's sort of, you get told, like, the night before, or the day before, or the day off that, of Raw, that you're not going to be in the match anymore. And, does that, in the match itself, like, he's every bit as good as just about anyone in the match, like, wrestling ability wise. Talent-wise, um, so uh, it's, it's a bit of a shame, but also I think this will probably lead to a much-needed heel turn from him. So I, I look forward to that and just seeing where that ends up going. Um, I definitely think he's going to turn on Angle at some point, and it could potentially lead to a match at the Rumble, um, or Jason Jordan could be your. 2017-2018 version of Authority Seth Rollins oh, I don't that know. he could line himself with Triple H and Stephanie after turning on cut or after after he turns on cut like he could eventually line himself with Stephanie and Triple H perhaps um, but I think it will be more so it will just be like you took me out of the match Ask you not to, and then you stood there and watched Triple H hit me with a pedigree, and you done nothing. And then he would probably just turn on cut at that point, leading to a match at Rumble. I'd go as far as saying, actually, I think Jason Jordan will screw cut at, at the match of Survivor Series. Actually, see, I, 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 that came into my head as well, but I'm also convinced that Sammy and Kevin Owens are going to cost SmackDown to win, and I just don't see. Oh, no, I don't, don't think I it might cost him the match. I just think it might cost him his place. And I think it might get mm-hmm. positive. I think see, I don't trust in that match. Uh, see, that's the thing. Part of me is thinking I'm probably just going to go with one of them rather than two, but I'm also convinced that Kurt Angle's going to be one of the last two guys in the ring. And I'll explain mm. later on when we get to prediction. I, I actually see Kurt like, getting the pin to win the match, so I'm not so sure. Um, but it could go either way with that. Uh-huh. But just going back to what Clive says about um, Stephanie McMahon and stuff berating the GM, like, like that's her usual stick, and it's just bone. How she just comes out and just 
just berates and belittles everyone. It's like this is getting kind of boring. And it's cut angle and it's just like I'm fed up watching it. Um, she done it with Mick Foley time and time again. She done it with so many people and it's just sort of getting boring now. Um, but it's obviously it's going to lead to a match with Triple H and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. But like I said I am quite kind of already fed up with her. I think I would be happy if the Triple H Kurt Angle match, if it was to happen, would be at the Rumble instead to get it out of the way uh, and have something a bit more special for Kurt Angle at WrestleMania because he's fought Triple H before. Um, but see, at the same time, there's a lot of the the argument that there are too many part-timers taking up spots in WrestleMania. So if you've got two part-timers contained in one match, then that does free up some space for someone else. So there are it's a double edged sword, there's positives and negatives for it. But we will just have to see what happens. It's gonna there's gonna be a thousand different plot twists and turns that go on in the men's five V five match, so we'll just need to see what happens and get the popcorn out for it. <laughs> so the big speaking of popcorn, we had the big invasion on SmackDown. I don't know if I because I personally prefer Raw that I wanted Raw to finally get the revenge that they sought from when they were attacked from SmackDown a few weeks ago. But it just seemed like a better, a well more received angle than last time. Did you enjoy it, Barry? You said you're up to date with SmackDown, aren't you? I say that again, I don't hear a bit about SmackDown. You're up to date with SmackDown now? Yes. Up to date, aye, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, after a bit of messing um, about the recording, never looked, so I just watched it on that watch wrestling and stuff, but um, I. I've watched wrestling for that long now that it, I, I was convinced as well as uh, Ricky that KO and Sammy would screw Team Smackdown but when you leave the team what Raw is the one that looks stronger the, the Smackdown before the pay-per-view it normally means it's going to go the opposite way but I think in this instance there'll be a few twists and turns through the match where you think Raw's going to lose or they're going to win they're going to lose they're going to win so it looks like they've got the momentum now which usually thinks Smackdown will win the match so it'll be interesting but I'll tell you what that was a very exciting end of the Smackdown one of the better Smackdowns I've seen for a while as well um, and I was glad to see Raw getting the advantage I I think it was I think that was a better invasion that one I would say so as well JR did you you, you were picking up on the t-shirts the shield t-shirts <laughs> I they're, they're vomit <laughs> I quite enjoyed I mean, that actually but it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. I just don't like the, I don't like the, the red and the blue t-shirts. I think it makes everybody kind of look a bit lame. But uh, Braun Strowman uh, tartaned into the ring <laughs> with his wee tank, his wee tank top, his wee raw tank top. <laughs> I'll tell you one of the reasons why I think they do that with the red and blue. There's that many people that they can easily get confused and start attacking somebody in the same roster. Aye, <laughs> that's true actually. That is, that is what it'll be. Because I was looking at one point, I was like, "Who would you keep up with all this?" And I was like, "The red and blue, that's it exactly." Because it could easily happen. I thought I seen that actually happen at one point, and I thought, "Nah, surely no." But I, I think that'd be one of the main reasons why it happens. That'll be why football teams have away kits so they know who to pass to in the field. Well, that's common knowledge. I. <laughs> yeah, I'm just transferring that. I didn't know that. Today I learned. T I L. What the away team thing? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. 
Aye, it was a one of the funniest parts of that segment for me was Titus O'Neil was absolutely furious. He came down as if it had been him who'd been personally wronged throughout this whole ordeal. He was laying into folk left, right, and centre, and he was screaming in their face. It was top top notch stuff from Titus this week. I thought it was great when, uh, not just because I absolutely hate that <laughs> Mojo Rawley, but the connection Braun Strowman got with him with the punch, it was that much a good connection. He took a double take and had to look back at him as if to say, is he alright? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I wonder if Titus will get uh, suspended again because he battered a McMahon yet again. <laughs> he was definitely laying it in, man. Oh aye, he loves that. He's uh, he chews the scenery whenever he can. But the it was a nice week. Like it was actually good seeing Shane get his comeuppance because I've not enjoyed Shane. Well, I have enjoyed him obviously, but he's been a bit of an asshole uh, on telly the last few weeks, as if he's just this amazing guy all of a sudden. Um, so it's quite cool seeing him take a doing. And as you said there, Barry, like whenever the, on the go home show, like. Wrestler A beats Wrestler C down in the middle of the ring. Well, that's following Sunday. B's going to win. Mm. But there's just so much going on. This, like, especially if last year's 5v5 man's match is anything to go by, you're not going to have a clue what's going to happen. Exactly. Now, there was a, a promo at the start of the SmackDown which Ricky was quite a fan of. Do you want to tell us about that one, Ricky? Um, just quickly going back to the invasion angle, I think for me the best part of the invasion angle is when um, the Usos came running down and then they came face to face with Roman and they both just came to like a standstill and neither of them done it for a split second and it was just that whole, oh, I guess blood's thicker than water after all and then you had Seth Rollins and Ambrose uh, attack them but... And then after that like they never had any interaction, like Roman never attacked either of them and vice versa. I don't know, I just kind of like that. Um, Maybe that's why they didn't have the shield of like, Anne Rollins versus the Usos, because of Roman Reigns' familial connection? No, I don't know, not sure. I think I think it would be, their plan was probably to put Roman in the 5-on-5, but then it was getting to the point that they weren't sure when he was going to get cleared, and I think they probably just went ahead and said, right, we can get Triple H in there, and then we can go... New Day versus Shield instead. But um, going back to the opening segment or the second segment, Daniel Bryan's promo um, was was uh, was was just really 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 good. Um, he, he made a point. He, he says that when the going gets tough, Brock Lesnar quits. Uh, he quit WWE and he quit to a half-ass knee bar in the UFC as well. Um, it was kind of fucking it was like a full on shoot it felt like uh, the, and he used Paul Heyman sort of like um, structure of his promo and how he introduced himself as AJ's advocate and etc etc it was just an excellent promo and he looked really really fired up um, which obviously led which I don't know where it came from but earlier on in the week he did mention how he's 85% going to wrestle probably elsewhere or he's got a 15% chance of wrestling in WWE sort of thing um, so and that led me to think that maybe they are 
considering letting him wrestle in the WWE. Um, but aye, that promo itself was... It really, really got... Like, it just made you want to look forward to that match even more, even though we can all probably predict what the, what the result's going to be. But you're just looking forward to it because it hypes that little bit more and that little bit bigger. Um, I thought Daniel Bryan done an absolute amazing job. Do you ask? Uh, I think Daniel Bryan is underrated as a promo. Like that just showed how fucking strong he is as a talker. It's fucking amazing. Um, like me and my missus were actually watching it and normally she's she'll come in and like she doesn't really like sit through like a full Smackdown but like because of that that strong start like she sat and watched the whole Smackdown with me and um, what a fucking talker man it was it was great he was fired up I really would like to see him in a ring I don't care what, what one it is even mine's <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how to respond to that. Um, <laughs> we could put you in the cattle mutilation at the same time. That would be quite a feat. <laughs> you were saying there about Daniel Bryan saying he's going to wrestle again. I could, I can understand his passion for it and that he's determined to get back into the swing of things. He's got this oxygenation program that he's doing, and he said he's only got like eighty more sessions left before he's completed the. Before he's completed the the therapy, I'm like eighty, that's a hell of a lot that you've to go through still. And he keeps going. On. He's like, if it doesn't work in WWE, I'll try it on the Indies, where head protection isn't as big a thing as it is in WWE. I just I don't think it's a good idea what he's wanting to do. Concussions are bad for a reason. We've seen what happens in the past with concussions, and obviously Vince doesn't want to have that happen again Brian's just got a a brand new baby there he's he's thinking about that he's thinking like he just doesn't want he shouldn't be thinking right I want to wrestle he should be thinking I need to be here for my, my daughter I I'm getting a wee bit sentimental here but you know what I mean I think that he's kind of like Ric Flair in that sense that he just can't be away from it and because he's kind of been robbed of it and it's not as if he, he can just go away because he's still under contract and he's doing he's trying to fucking roll out his contract so he can fucking go elsewhere. Right. It's nuts. He's desperate to wrestle again. It's just do you think it will happen, Ricky? It, it will happen. That's one hundred percent. I think almost inevitable. But where it will happen? Um, uh, it's difficult to say uh, I think I'm not sure I've been on record and saying it but if Vince McMahon doesn't let him wrestle he's always going to either go to, go to TNA or Ring of Honor or New Japan he's got all these different options he can go to um, I personally don't think he will wrestle in WWE it's far too much the, the risk outweighs uh, the cons outweigh, out, outweigh the pros uh, there's like it's not even close. So I think no matter what happens, even if he goes off to Ring of Honor or TNA or New Japan or comes over to UK or whatever and signs a full-time contract with a company, that company becomes the biggest in the world and ultimately five years down the line it puts WWE out of business all because of Daniel Bryan. 
it's just the blame. No one can still. No, you won't be able to blame Vince at all for that. Um, it's just far too risky. It's far, far, far too risky for Vince to take. Far too much of a risk. But there's just this little part of me that keeps thinking that he might end up wrestling in WWE, and that's what I kept thinking in the closing segment of SmackDown. I was kind of waiting. And it was the first time, and I might have said it to yourself, or it was John Ross, and I said it was the first time that I found myself, since he, he quote-unquote retired, that I found myself like, I want to hear his music come down for the save, I'm, de- I'm, re- I'm ready for it sort of thing. Um, and I genuinely thought he might have. like It just popped into my head, and I was just sat there looking at it, and I was like, right, I'm waiting for the music, I'm waiting for his music, and it never came, so... It's going to happen, but I think the big, big question is where, where, where is the match going to take place and what company is it going to take place for? Well, we'll probably need to wait till later on in 2018 anyway when his contract expires, so never know. He's probably had, he's got those 80 more sessions left. We'll see what happens then. Barry, obviously you were a big Daniel Bryan fan when he was wrestling. Would you like to, would you like to see him back and think it's too much of a risk? It'll just depend, really, if um, he feels himself, because obviously he's got a family life now, kids and stuff, so I can see it happening, I, I, I can see it, but whether it's in WWE or not, I don't know, but I kind of like uh, Ricky's point there, the fact that if he went elsewhere um, and then puts Vince out of business, because it's, it's only this week we've seen the Young Bucks talk about how they would like to work with CM Punk, because they've actually invited him to come in to ring a Oh, I that was happened. I could convince Daniel Bryan to go there as well. I hadn't. I wasn't aware of that invitation at all. Uh, well, apparently was um, one of them bucks. I can't remember which one was speaking, but apparently says in an interview. What I say it was either GQ or Rolling Stones. I can't remember which one it was now. That basically says that uh, within the, like the first year he'd left, like the, they were constantly like pestering him, sort of thing, to come back and wrestling, and he would just. So I kept saying, no, I'm not interested, I don't want to. But then they left it basically, if and when I decide to come back in, you know, yours will be the first call I make just to sort of gauge the interest and see what's happening in the indie scene or Ring of Honor or wherever you guys are sort of thing. But um, in terms of CM Punk, I don't know where he'd end up if he ever does come back. But I don't think he's got... I think I think he's got an issue with Vince. But I think his real hatred is for Triple H. <laughs> and that's where I don't know it's, it was similar to like Bret Hart. That you might might like kiss and make up but deep down like you, you don't really forgive them. And that's what I think he could be thinking is that out of all the things that you'd done like you gave me my termination papers on the wedding day and that I don't know, I think he blames Triple Hayes for a lot of things that happened with him and, uh, and happened after he was gone. And I don't know, I'm just not convinced he's going to end up in WWE again. I don't think he will. I thought you said a, a few weeks ago on this, you thought it was going to happen. <laughs> Aye, but just when you sit and think about it and then like you, you examine it, I think, he mm. genu- I think he genuinely despises Triple H. And I think that will be the big stumbling block. Don't get me wrong, see, if cult of personality hit and he can walk out, like, 
grown men would be in tears. Like that's how emotional it would be. Um, the so population I, would just go down as well. A lot of people be uh, having heart attacks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I just, that, sometimes you just don't know. Um, and I'm unlike I know John Ross is. I'm not going to say like a quote unquote like hardcore New Japan, but he's got a new New Japan like sort of quality of a network and. He's obviously more into it than ourselves, and he's more aware of like um, quote unquote guys that are on the indies and doing well and stuff like that. But so uh, if CM Punk was to ever go for Ring of Honor and stuff like that, like I don't know if I'd ever been in a position where I could commit to watching it full time, sort of thing, you know. Um, which would be kind of sad because I was an absolute massive CM Punk fan. Um, I don't know. I just think it's difficult. I don't know if we ever will be back in WWE. Mm-hmm. No, but that was this week. I did an interview and I've, um, we spoke about... Uh, yeah, like you said, they're seeing Punk. It left it. Yeah, if I ever do back, it'll be used by the first guys I speak to. So it could be interesting if that ever happened and they convinced mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, but we'll see. We'll all go on to Jericho's Wrestle Cruise. Right. Oh, we talk some, talk some Survivor Series now then. Great news. Right. I don't exactly want to talk about the Enzo and Kalisto match. What? What I want. Did to talk we kind of forget the Charlotte thing? Sorry. Well, I'll bring that up. I'm going to bring that up shortly. Don't worry about that. Um, the infamous. See this whole Kalisto is the, the protagonist for Enzo at the moment. I think there's a bit of an emphasis on the push for the Indian market has been redirected to the Hispanic market right so look what's happened in the last few weeks Jinder has lost the title there's been he's not even getting a rematch for the title in India one of the Indian shows has been cancelled Jinder seems to be nowhere in sight right so since then or roundabouts at the same time Kalisto's getting a push on the Cruiserweight show uh, Sin Cara's getting a bit of a push on Smackdown and he's got a decent character about him now but he's more of a brawler rather than a high flyer. So he's getting a push in the US title scene. And even CN Almas in NXT, he's going for the NXT title. So it's as if they're saying, right, stuff it. This Indian market programme, this project isn't working. Let's just focus again on the, the Mexican and the Hispanic side of things again. Did anyone else notice that? They think I'm just clutching at straws. I don't know if you can call Kalisto having a birthday party celebration on 205 Live a push. <laughs> no. <laughs> i seen the advert on Smackdown. It's like, Kalisto, come and join me, Kalisto, in my birthday celebrations. <laughs> I'm like, looking at it, going, have I been sitting getting steaming on the couch? <laughs> I just woke up for a weird, vivid dream or something like that. <laughs> See, since Callisto came to 205 Live, he has been unbearable. He's like a child that's get, had too much sugar and he's just wanting in about everything. It's like, Callisto, calm down, son. The son Cara, who was a laughingstock between you two last couple of years, is now the more believable wrestler. You're just a shambles. Kind of lost my respect for him when he couldn't do that promo. That something lucha thing, woo! Oh, it's terrible. I, I um, but that's all I really want. There's not really much to say because Enzo does my box in, and Kalisto's just oh terrible. 
but I've not really got anything to add about the Enzo Kalisto thing. So we'll talk about. We'll talk. I think that's the packet of Chris Max match. Sorry, uh-huh. <laughs> I think there's um, a pre-show match up. Aye. Aye. I think the whole Hispanic thing, like Vince has been trying to do that for like decades. Like he had Rey Mysterio, and Rey Mysterio is arguably like one of the top two or three like Hispanic best of all time, probably. But not even that. If you just take an account, he should probably he is like an all time sort of legend. Like, he, he was a great, he was a great wrestler for WWE. So Vince is always trying to find like that next sort of big Hispanic star because apparently it was supposed to be Sin Cara when he first came in and the moment he came in he just fucking botched his entry his entrance and um, so he never got off to a good start so he's always looking for that guy it was supposed to be Del Rio at one point until he took up the gear <laughs> uh, they, moved on. <laughs> they, they moved on to Sin Cara so he's always trying to find someone I don't know if he's putting more of an emphasis on it now but I think the Indian market I think I think Vince badly or whoever made the decision probably was Vince, obviously, because he's is his company. They just, I think, they underestimated the actual market itself. Um, you may have billions of people over there, but but not a lot of them out there will have the kind of money that you need them to have in terms of like to have network, get the network, and do all this and that. Like, but for for a country that's from the outside looking in looks amazing and stuff and it seems like there's a lot of wealth there's a lot of poverty over there as well so I don't know if Vince even took that into account sort of thing so hi I'm pretty sure that their PV uh, PVP fucking so the, the pay-per-view fucking things are actually cast over there on normal TV they are yep okay, but it's, it's on a delay it's on a delay but like if you don't like to your point if you know that you're going to get it for free, why would you subscribe to the network? Aye, look, I just it's it it was a it was a strategy that was it was worth it was worth a go. Um, it just never panned out, so time to move on. But in terms of this Enzo Cuisto match, I don't give a fuck. Just I think uh, my prediction is that Enzo will win, and then hopefully Pete Dunn kicks his fuck. Kicks his head in, um, takes the title off him eventually. Um, but I no 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 interest in that match whatsoever. I think that's one that actually belongs on the pre show. Uh, uh-huh. um, just a just a quick question for everyone here. Um, since I was talking about cruiserweights, what are your thoughts on the potential rumours that um, or the rumours that Neville and WWE are talking again and talks have been going well? I'm very surprised, actually. Pleasantly surprised, but still surprised nonetheless. I think he'd be perfect on SmackDown. Uh huh. Come in straight away and just potentially get like straight into the US title picture scene. Aye, comes back. He's not going to be in the cruiserweight division again. No, so. no chance. Um, it, I sort of had a feeling at the back of my head that someday it would eventually. Agreed to come back, but I didn't realise it'd be this quick. But I'd be very happy if that happened. Well, I think I think you would. It could be a struggle to bring him back as a heel because he's going to get such a baby face pop because everyone knows now what happened. Or not so much the details, but everyone knows that he's not he's not happy and he left and all that. So I think he, when he if he does come back, he he would get a big baby face pop. I think. 
I think keep the attitude, but don't be a just don't cheat and just keep the same character. Ah, it's, it's kind of Brock. Brock's like I suppose. Yep. He's a quote unquote face, but the guy literally just beats the shit at anybody and everybody. But does it in like a destructive manner without ever like resorting to like cheating or anything. So I. So I, that, I also think we don't have enough. You don't have enough of those kind of characters. Guys mm-hmm. that just kick the hell in of anyone, everyone. It, but and as Roman said, they're no good guy, or no bad guy, or whatever. It's just they don't they don't cheat. They just they're just an <clears> absolute <throat> monster. But it'll be interesting to see if he comes back. Give Neville and give Pete Dunne all the titles all the time. No. Oh right. Okay. Fine. Um. We want to give Rusev all the titles. Ah, oh, listen. Let's not go there tonight, eh? Uh, right. <laughs> Miz versus Corbin has become a social media war rather than a promo war in the ring. I hope Miz destroys Corbin. I have hated Miz for a long time, but I hope Miz puts Corbin in his place, and I hope he does it by cheating as well. Anyone else? Hands up if you agree. I know it's an audio show, but hands up. My hands are just by my side. I just I don't really care much about this match. And Miz is tr- they've both tried their best to garner some interest, like through their Twitter videos and stuff like that. But it's just that's not a good. I think Baron Corbin's stock has fallen dramatically recently, and I don't know why he's the US champ. I really don't. Yeah, I'm kind of remotely, like, mildly interested in the match. Um, I'm going to go Baron Corbin win. Um, But I, look, there's no real logic behind why I've come to that conclusion either. Uh, But let's say it's it's difficult to sort of, to get, like, emotionally involved in some of these matches, like especially some this one here, that like, there's just not been enough interaction in my in my opinion. Like for me, a lot of the build up to this has just been Baron Corbin and Sankara like going at each with each other. Um, so other than that one Miz promo he'd done in the back of the car, which was absolutely amazing. But I, I I'm I'm mildly interested because I'm really enjoying Miz right now. I've liked him for a long time on the on the mic and in the ring. So just mildly interested to see what happens in this match. I'm surprised you went for a Corbin win. No, I know I'm. I think overall it's going to be four three to Raw, and but for me it basically came down to this in another match, and I've just. Shall like I say just I can't really give you like a logical reason why I've picked this, but. Aye. Fair enough. Uh, Barry, do you have much interest in this match? Uh, nah, it's, I like you said, it's just been a sort of internet war for these two, but um, even though I was never ever the Mizzy's biggest fan, but I hope to God that he does kick his head in here. Um, it just really depends on how you see the pay-per-view going, I suppose, when you decide who wins this match, because you could have arguments either side why you think either man would win. It just depends how many you... Uh, outcomes you've got of like if you've got too many raw guys winning then I suppose you might think Corbin would win but um, nah I can't see anything other than a Miz win here right, same here uh, you're t- was I meant to have updated that hang with my 
predictions, by the way. I see some of you have put yours in it already. It's all right. We'll do, we'll do the predictions thing at the end. Have you quick rundown of it? So don't worry yourself there. So this isn't the predictions we're doing now. Well, we're, I I'll just summarise <laughs> the predictions at the end. All right, right. Um, and I'll explain the predictions to the any new listeners that we have anyway. So I'll keep that waiting. So, JR, you're wanting to talk about Charlotte winning the title. Yes. Um, I didn't actually fucking realise that uh, that it was our hometown until like halfway through it and like just realised that everybody was really fucking into the match and I thought it was just a fucking it was a nice title win and it was nice to actually have a hometown hero like fucking actually win for a change and it was like a, it was a great moment she cut a fucking like a brilliant promo and like you know that I hate fucking baby faces and I was just like ah, oh, I, I want to hate it but oh it's good you're actually a good baby face now. It was quite good. And it was heartfelt because like, Ric Flair's the hero of that state. He is Mr. Charlotte, North Carolina. So it was a it was a real moment for them all. And then obviously Ric Flair came out. So it was definitely a feel-good moment for the Flair family. But taking aside personal reasons, like her being in her hometown and health problems with her dad... I think they've changed the title because obviously there's been a lot of title changes recently and they're keeping things, people guessing. But I don't think there was a lot of interest in Natalia versus Alexa Bliss. There was, as far as I'm aware, there was no interaction between either of them. Is anyone aware of that? No, I think... I think personally, right, I think they did put the title on Charlotte for two reasons. I think... The first and main reason was the Ric Flair making it through what he made it through, and it, they also just released ESPN just released that ES uh, a thirty for thirty, so they wanted to obviously capitalise on that buzz and uh, that he was getting that Flair Ric Flair and the Flair family in general were getting. So I think that's probably the the major reason why they've done it. But I also think they've done it because they wanted to keep Asuka and Charlotte away from each other for the time being. All right, good. Because I, I don't think I, I don't know how long they had it in, in the works for. Maybe maybe they were thinking all along we'll do it. We'll do it at Charlotte uh, and Carolina, and then we can bring Flair out. We'll get a bigger pop. So that may have been in the works for them, like almost early on. But I think also in the back of their minds are saying that we're not going to give Charlotte and Asuka away until we absolutely need to until we get them in a one-on-one uh, I, but I think that's my two reasons why I think they've done it in terms of the match itself it was a good match um, you all know that I'm, I'm, I've got a massive soft spot for the both of them so it was kind of like uh, you know it was kind of bittersweet in a sense that Charlotte, in my opinion, is the best female wrestler in the company, but I've, I've, I've liked Natalia for so long as well. I think she's been really underappreciated. And I know John Ross said she was more so in a chat earlier on, she was sort of like a placeholder, but I see her, I see her more than that. I just, I don't know. It, it was good to see Charlotte win the title. Like I say, I'm just happy it was a good match. Um, but I do think um, Charlotte having the title uh, is long overdue, though. Oh, definitely. She should have had that months ago. 
Because isn't isn't this her first time with the SmackDown title? Yep. Uh, uh-huh. So, aye. It was a good match, though. Aye, it was. It was a great match, actually. First and foremost, aye. But um, I think it's just a case of probably a number of reasons why she got the title directly. One's the most obvious thing. Uh, SmackDown's ratings have been ridiculously shit recently, so that'll be one of the reasons. And just they're keeping people guessing, so they're having all sorts of title changes. Um, and probably one of the main things is they just didn't trust Natalia versus Alexa Bliss because they had no chemistry whatsoever. And there was very little interest in that match at all. Moving on, I have a question for all of you. Do any of you have? Hopes for a decent Brock Lesnar match on Sunday. Yes, aye, aye, definitely. Yes, definitely. Big time. Right. Big time. I'll re-word, 100%. I'll reword my question. I know you have hopes for it. Do you think we'll get a decent Brock Lesnar match? Aye. Yes. Because my counter question to that would be when was the last time we saw a really bad AJ Styles match? Exactly. That's the only reason it's going to be good. Like Brock does the same sort of stuff. That doesn't matter though. It, it, it does because the reason why the reason why we hated the Braun Strowman match with Brock was because Braun it didn't there was this built up energy and anger between them and then all of a sudden we never got that from the match and Braun from I like never got enough never got enough offense in. But then when you went back a month to the small Joe one, the reason why we loved that was because Joe fucking took the fight to him and Joe absolutely annihilated him before Brock came back. Mm. So I think I think what more than anything it's going to come down to is just how they book the match, but specifically how they book AJ, because I think I, I never saw uh, yourselves, Clive, or John Ross's prediction, but I'm all, I think he's both picked Brock. I know John Ross definitely did. So, we can all agree that probably Brock's going to win, but the the big thing coming out into the match and coming out of the match is how they book AJ, and I think that's the big thing. And I'm I'm expecting a half decent match purely because AJ is there. Well, you've not seen my prediction for the match yet, and you're absolutely shocked because I think AJ Styles wins the match. As I saw, I want to believe non-title for a start. Secondly. Brock Lesnar has never won a match in Survival Series. Oh, really? Oh, yep. that, that is true. So, it's got all the for it. Especially with the fact, I think, Team Raw won. So there's no way Raw, Brock Lesnar wins that match and then Team Raw won. I think AJ Styles would win it. <laughs> I honestly and do. Who's, who's screwing him? Screwing who? There's obviously oh, going to be interference. Oh, you think uh, AJ wins clean? No, I think that uh, AJ wins Aye. from interference oh, from so an old smackdown. You're going right. AJ as well? No, no, if that situation happens, that's what's right. going to happen. No, I'm not predicting that. I predict Brock, like Brock's going to win it. And I think the way that he's going to win it is AJ Styles is going to try and do a phenomenal forearm and he's going to fucking, he's going to catch him with it. Uh, Brock's going to fall down and he's just going to get back up and F5 him. Just the same way that he did it with fucking Smart Joe when he was I getting think, the... Do you know what I think? Right, so I, I'll, I'll play out the second scenario in a second. 
uh, just going with yours, I think I could probably see him setting up the phenomenal forearm, come flying off, and Brock sort of catches him on top of his shoulders and then puts him straight into the F5. Yep. Oh, uh, so as he's coming down, Brock just sort of catches him and then he's and that's it. Or I think the own or Jinder Mahal comes down and costs AJ the win. Or AJ mm. goes for the phenomenal forearm and Brock turns it into his Kimura lock. I think that would be quite believable. That would be easily done. But you were saying AJ's, when was the last time AJ had a bad match? When was the last time Braun Strowman had a bad match before his match with Brock Lesnar? It doesn't matter how good the p- previous matches were. It matters what Vince does. It, it, it does, is, it does, because no. see when you're... Vince isn't going to let AJ look strong over Brock Lesnar. That, that's what I'm saying in terms of the booking. But you can't go into the match like saying it's going to be a shite match when one person in that match is AJ Styles. Like, I understand, were, I understand right. what you're saying when was the last time Braun had a good, uh, bad match but as I said before Braun's matches and the build up to that were identical but all the exact same just see, nothing but absolute brute force but which is fine just absolute chaos, chaos and carnage which is fine but I agree because Braun's, Braun's an absolute star but you, you can't compare Braun Strowman and AJ Styles. It's all about momentum. It's not. It's not like match styles or what your offense is. It's momentum, and it's not going to matter. I've just. I'm sorry, but I've not got my hopes up for a good match because when was the last really competitive match that AJ St- uh, Brock Lesnar had? Like properly competitive. Small, small Joe. I wouldn't say that was very competitive. Probably that was. Was. Well, singles, sorry. Singles fun about match. that. Uh, and and then singles match, right. Before, before Joe, it would have been Goldberg at Mania. I'm, I know I'm going to sound like a mm. desperate guy here, but he doesn't count. But he does, though. <laughs> right, but he right does. you. He does. Right, see, see the thing is, right, see if we're going to get a straight match, it'll be in... In the style of Seth Rollins versus uh, Brock Lesnar, so just like a kind of chasey one. That's that. That is probably the worst thing that we're going to see. I don't think that they'll just fucking have him come in and completely annihilate him. What the one and, which with Taker returned? Yes, right. like right. In, in that style where he's fucking going to suplex him and like AJ Styles gets on the ropes and he's he's just like he's just barely surviving. That mm-hmm. I, I could see that happening. And I think that would be the worst, the worst outcome. I think AJ will get enough offense and just to make it look. Like, oh, I think that should be to a make to make it look to make it look like he's got a glimmer of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, Boys, I hope I'm proved I wrong. I think he's got all the makings of an AJ Styles win. I really do. I hope I'm proved wrong in every every sense, but I don't think I will be. Look, for me personally, like, I know we've all had they've said bad negative things about Brock right but see when you sit and think about it like honestly he's actually had two he was involved in three fucking crank matches this year and as much as I hate to admit it because I don't like Goldberg the match at Mania was just a fucking hot mess and it was amazing the match with Joe was just was phenomenal like when Joe attacked him before the ring put him through the table um, and then he fought Fatal 4 
Um, but no, I think I, I could see in a sense that like AJ getting some kicks in, getting some moves in, and then but ultimately Brock being like the dominant force in the match. Um, and it wouldn't bother me too much if Jinder Mahal came down and um, cost AJ the win either. I could see no in WWE they would have AJ beat Brock and then SmackDown loses the title to Jinder Mahal. Super Jinder. Totally kills the momentum. Super Jinder. <laughs> see, I, see I, I don't know if he'll put the title back on Jinder now, to be honest. That's a lot of people think that as well now because... Like um, like you say, one show's been cancelled in India, there's not really been that uh, impressive sales and stuff for tickets over there, so mm. I don't think they'll put work on it, and I think... Hopefully not. I think the dream the dream of having Naka AJ for the title Mania is still, still, still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, one thing, last thing on Jinder, I think mm. it, he was the fucking, the off-season project Yes. that just went wrong. Mm-hmm. Like because mm-hmm. see, since he's dropped the title, like I'm I'm back into it. Like what, whatever they're doing, they're putting in a real fucking a real good effort, and it's mm-hmm. it's turning my attention back onto it. Like I watched the full fucking SmackDown, as I said. Uh, I never I never sit and do that like I, anymore. I watch I think, fucking I watch it on YouTube. I think um, I've said it before, and I don't know how you guys still feel about it. Like to me his reign hasn't bothered me now like now it's done I'm like right fine I'm glad it's over it should have been done about two or three months ago but at the time when he'd done it it was just I say do you know what they're just throwing stuff at the wall and they're just going to see what sticks and they're just they're just trying something different whether it works or not is up for debate but they tried it they went the full way with it and it never really worked it wasn't no. successful but it, was, it wasn't it wasn't a complete and utter fucking um, uh, uh, what Shit fest bomb scare sort of thing. So, I, I, it it wasn't great, but it wasn't like as bad as people made out to be. Like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. You're like, oh, there's, mm-hmm. been worst, there's been worst title reigns. Aye, basically, there's two a risk that they were, they were planning and probably doing back when Mohammed Hassan was in it. They probably had the idea of him being the champ at one point, and it never happened. So, it's just, just been a bit bold. Ten years, twelve years in the line, thought. Let's just go with it. Shout but I am the same. It's in the ball. I mean, it's over and done. Hopefully that's it. Shout out to Mohammed Hassan. Alright, rest in peace, Mohammed. <laughs> the Undertaker killed you. I think he's still calling just now, actually. He's still not got up from that power bump through the stage. Still not landed. Uh, you'd mentioned the word hot mess. Ricky, and last year's Survivor Series match was one of the best hot messes I've ever seen, and I'm hoping oh. for more of the same this this Sunday with the 5v5 man's match, but this is where it's going oh. to get crazy, there's loads of things going on, they've got Jason Jordan potentially turning on Kurt Angle, you've got Sammy... Have... Sorry, continue, keep yeah. going, sorry, sorry, I was confused what match we're talking about here, the men's 5 on 5? Five? 5 on 5, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. The Sammy and KO possibly interfering... With this whole getting sent home being a work, in my opinion, uh, there's just so much going on. There's going to be a square off between Cena and Joe, which is going to be fucking excellent. I'd love to see that at WrestleMania, Cena and Samoa Joe. Mm. Aye, that's a match I was ho- I actually thought it would have happened, but um, I was hoping for that match to happen sort of as soon as Samoa Joe came in. But obviously, Cena be his last commitments. But aye, 
That's definitely a The Boxing Day house show, definitely having that. Uh, Madison Square Garden. Seen that in Sarah Joe. Are they? Oh, yes. Why? Oh, boy. <laughs> You're going to get so many great face-offs. You're going to get Kurt mm-hmm. Angle, so, so Kurt Angle, John Cena. Again. Uh, Triple H, John Cena. Uh, Braun Strowman John Cena uh, Again. Naka, Nakamura Triple H Bobby Roode Triple H um, mm-hmm. Randy Orton and Triple H will still be a good face off as well um, Cut Angle so Randy Orton Cut Angle Shane McMahon uh, you've, got, you've got a good you've got a good few face offs there and we're going to get some sort of like good few crazy moments in this match I actually think they were supposed to did they have a I think Angle and Orton either were supposed to have a match before he left or they did who's that carry on I'm going to say I don't think you can really predict what's going to happen in this match um, or who's actually going to win I've I've picked Raw to win this one but even then it's like this is just a fucking shot in the dark, man. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And we all know that, like, last year's match was, like, what, 53 minutes? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was there or thereabouts. And, the, and fucking 53 minutes went in really quick. It, it didn't drag in for me at all. So if we're going to get another, like, long 40-minute match here, you know, where there's just a lot of fucking chaotic stuff happening, I'm fucking down for it. And I'm I'm really happy that I'll probably see this one live. I just confirmed that they're Vengeance 2006 Randy Orton Kurt Angle oh aye yes I remember it now aye mm-hmm. that was not long before Kurt Angle vacated the press. Mm-hmm, that's what I'm saying I, I thought they were supposed to fight and then he left or they fought and then he's left so that's what's happened well, we're very... to me I just, I just think I'm just I'm really really intrigued to see how the end of the match goes because I, I said it a while back and I think I'm still going to stick with it. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn come down and cost SmackDown the win. And I think the final two or three will be Triple H and Cut and sh- against Shane McMahon. Um, and I could see them two coming down and cost them the win. I would probably say Cut or Triple H get the pin over Shane. And I, I kind of have a feeling that Triple H might pedigree Cut at the end of the match. And like stand over him. Uh, see, the thing is with the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn thing, they kind of they put me off the fact that's going to happen now with the way they left the ring and smacked down. So it's almost as if they screwed them there already. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of expected now if that happens, I think. It's hard to say. If they were going to do that, I think there was no need for me. So I'll leave them in limbo there and smack down. Yeah, they could have been a bit more subtle about it. Mm. Aye, exactly. Right, so we've, we've, I know we haven't touched on the Shield New Day and the Baron Usos, but there's hell of a lot to get through, so we'll be quickly touch on them through the predictions. I'll just quickly explain the prediction side of things. Basically, this podcast has been going for a while, if you're not part of this new network that we're on, and each of the guys predict what's going to happen in the pay-per-view, and we keep score of this. JR joined late, but he is quickly catching up with us, so we're all, funnily enough, 
Ricky, Barry and myself are all tied at 57 points and JR is at 42 but JR is very quickly climbing so I would imagine before Wrestlemania that JR will be in top so we'll see what happens there but we'll I'll t- just quickly take your predictions just to confirm right so the cruiserweight match Ricky you've went for Enzo I th- if we all yep. just went for Enzo there yep mm-hmm. right. aye uh, Miz and Corbin Ricky and JR you've went for Corbin Ben Barrett and Clive have went for Miz right so and Ricky and JR have went for Charlotte I have went for Bliss in this one Oofed. I think she'll cheat to win. She's she's got the four horsewomen's number. Alexa Bliss has. She destroyed Bailey. She destroyed Sasha Banks, and she destroyed Becky Lynch. So she's going to destroy Charlotte as well. There you go. Pay per view. Wicked wee forearm. Looking forward to that one. Barry, what do you predict for that one? Charlotte. Uh, I'm sort of sitting in the fence here, but I would go with Charlotte just because of the fact she won the title on SmackDown. Kind of see her then losing at the final series. So I would have, if it was Natalia Alexa Bliss, definitely Alexa Bliss. But no, Charlotte for me here. Right, so the women's five v five. All of us apart from Barry have picked Raw. What is your prediction, Barry? Um, I said Charlotte. I I'll go with Raw. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, so we're all raw there. We're all as raw as... Hold on a second, hold on. Has it been confirmed? Is, it, is Natalia in the team or Smackdown? No, I, I don't know. I'm not certain. That's a good point you right. made, actually. There's a rumour going about, about who's a potential fifth person in the Smackdown team, which might shake it? things up, so... Paige? Aye. I thought so... the five had been picked. Well, it's, that's what I thought, and then I went to check, and... I think they're just sort of leaving it in doubt at the minute so you never know if Smackdown were to win it would mean Asuka would have to get like counted out or something or disqualified yeah. I couldn't see her getting pinned so right. Asuka and Nia Jax could destroy them all on their own uh, mm. Barry you're the only one that's went for AJ yep I'll stick with that you love your curveballs ladies and gents Barry loves a good <laughs> curveball uh, Dylan <laughs> the men pardon you the men's 5v5 um, we went for Raw and I'm going to give myself a bonus point for if Sammy and KO run in uh, Barry who have you picked for that one feel free to pick a bonus point if you want guys the 5v5 is it uh-huh. um, you missed it a couple of matches so I'm, go- I'm going to get back to them Right, cool. Uh, right, so I don't really know how the match will end, but I think it will be Team Raw, and just the pure chance I'll just see who I think will be the last man surviving. So I think it will be. Uh, cut Angle. So that's your bonus point request, Cut Angle, to be the last survivor? <laughs> I hope for that. that's my bonus point, I. Would any of you other two gents like a bonus point in the men's 5v5? My prediction is the same as yours. Sammy and KO? Yep. JR? 
my bonus point will be that Jason Jordan comes down and fucking causes the other the match. <laughs> Even though he's a fucking greeting face baby face. Right, no, in fact, my actual prediction is KO and Sammy cost SmackDown the match. But my bonus one is Triple H pedigrees cut at the end as well. Right, so you, mm. you definitely you think Sammy and KO is a definite? Mm-hmm. I actually might change my bonus point. I think Kurt might win, but I don't that's my bonus point. My bonus point is that Jason Jordan comes in and attacks him in the match and he's laid out for a bit. So it's looking like he might have to be forced to look what happened at TLC, but he comes back down. Okay. Uh, right. Bar, the Bar versus the Usos. I think it'll be the Usos here. Should be a really good match. I'm looking forward to that one. That'll be a, a, a cheeky, sneaky match of the night contender, as far as I'm concerned. Agreed, I Definitely. De- I definitely am. Um, I, was, I was gutted when it wasn't the Shield versus Usos, but this is going to be just as good. Um, I'm going to go with the Usos. Uh, but the actual match itself, uh, it it could be a match of the night. Um, it's going to be. A real, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it, actually. JR, have you got any points about this one? Um, just that I think that Sheamus and Cesaro have totally fucking won me over recently, and I think that just any fucking tag team that Cesaro's in just seems to just turn into gold. It's amazing. He seems to bring the best out of people. Uh, Really looking forward to it, man. Um, as uh, old Richard was saying there, could be a match of the night. Um, they've been in enough pay-per-views uh, recently, the two of them, and having match of the night, so I, that's, right. I actually expect I actually expect it. Aye, because like, the Shield have been getting all the plaudits in their rivalry that they've had, saying this is the best match at SummerSlam, the best match at No Mercy, or whatever it was. It wasn't just the Shield in those matches. Cesaro and Sheamus more than held their own, uh, and they've been a they've been a constant within all the tag team. They've been a constant within the whole tag team rivalries since the start of the year, with the Hardys, um, Enzo and Cass leading up, like leading up to WrestleMania and stuff like that. They they've been there the whole time, so I'm very happy with their work. But I'm going to predict a Nuso's win. <laughs> As much as Cesaro and Sheamus have been excellent, they always get tipped at the top when it comes to the, when it really matters, like WrestleMania and SummerSlam and all that. And this is another big four pay-per-view, so it's going to be the Usos to win. The Usos are on a roll at the moment. Anyone else? Anyone else picking the Usos? Aye, I'll go. I'm going to go for them as well. As much as it's annoying, because uh, although Sheamus and Cesaro took about a pounding on this show off uh, yourself, Clive and Ricky, but I'd always sort of stood by them. I could see certain potential to start. I don't think you guys were that into them at first. I think you thought it looked quite weird and awkward, but I could see it for the start. There was something there, um, and they pulled out so many great matches as a tag team together. So good. Good luck to them, but I do see the Usos winning this one. Sorry, guys. I am going to the Usos as well. So, the last one is the Shield versus the New Day. Um, quite the spectacle this one will be. I imagine this will get a lot of time as well. Possib- maybe even possibly longest out of a lot of the matches. So, But the Shield are just 
they're too hot at the moment. Um, they're going to decimate the new day, and I'm going to pick a shield win. Who's the Darth Vader of the, the quiz tonight? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Vader, who do you predict? I predict the shield. <laughs> Jason, I am your father, Jason. Because Roman is your bae. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that Roman's losing this, man. No chance. I know. He's gone on a big tail. Ricky? Shield. Um, this is my match of the night. I think this will be match of the night. I hope they're so all I'm matches of the going night. definite shield win. Um, my baby looks strong as fuck. So, right. Shield. Lovely. And Barry? Out with the 5v5 men's match, this could potentially be the match of the night also, so I do agree with Richard there. So, uh, for me, it's a new day. <laughs> I think it's a new day winner. <laughs> uh, I like my curveballs, but that's a, bit, a big curveball, that. So, uh, the shield for me. Thank you very much. The shield for me. The shield. <laughs> Thank you very much, gentlemen, for your input. Um, before we move on to the quiz, JR has to sadly leave us for the moment, so thanks, JR. Enjoy Survivor Series weekend. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Look, looking forward to texting you all about it, apart from you, Brian. Sorry. Yeah. I'll let you know if I stay up for it, and then me, you, and uh, Ricky can get a wee WhatsApp chat and go. Yes, aye, thanks for rubbing it in. I'll have to watch it the day later. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> See what you should do. Just leave that group chat on Sunday night and then come back into it on Monday morning. I will then. Well, once you've watched it. I will. No, because like, even if we're discussing it live, he won't be able to see the messages anyway if he's left the group. And then he can come back in the morning. Hmm. Aye. Aye, whatever. It's just, whatever's easier. It's, right, it's always good to start a new fresh chat. Don't worry. No, we could do that. Or just fucking guys. take the day off work on Monday. Aye, something's wrong with one of the kids. Listen, let's just, okay. right. Right, JR, go now, please. What's going on? I'm just saying right. thank you, JR, and good night. Yep, shout out to, uh, what do you call it? What was that? Between the ropes. Fucking talk- no, no, was <laughs> ah, yeah, that's it, between the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> we love that podcast, Brian, podcast. But uh, aye, shout out to everybody that's listening on Social Suplex. Yes, this is our debut, so please be patient and accepting of us. Uh, right, thanks, JR. Night, night. Catch you, sir. Good, good night, God bless you. Uh, and before we do the quiz, I'm just going to splice in a little bit of an NXT TakeOver preview for you. <clears throat> Good afternoon, good evening and good morning to any NXT marks out there. Unfortunately, my fellow black and yellow brand fanboy JR isn't available for this pre-recorded segment, so I thought I would treat you to a small preview for the Survivor Series weekend Wargames takeover. First of all, I know it's technically an exhibition match and I don't really think Pete Dunne will lose his UK title, but in the name of God, why is his match with Johnny Gargano on as a dark match and not as like a, a curtain jerker? Both men have been involved in two Match of the Year candidates in the last 12 months, 
Gargano's tag team match a year ago was indeed voted the best of 2016. And I would be surprised if Dunn's bout with Tyler Bate at NXT Chicago isn't on the short list next month. According to this week's NXT, mind you, um, the match with will actually take place on NXT TV the following Wednesday, which I suppose is not bad at all, but it would have been more of an appeal if it was on the main card. Either way, as long as I get to see it, that's the main thing. That could be a, a true barn burner of a match. Another match I'm really looking forward to is this Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream matchup, which, when you think about it, shouldn't really work on paper. One who's all about combat and one who's all about character. However, every now and again, these clashes of styles they do work very well. You've got a mysterious and enigmatic kickboxing aficionado in Black who has no interest in interacting with anybody else, no interest in playing any mind games. He's there to fight and nothing else. But this Velveteen Dream, Dream character, he's got a problem with that. And he is all about interacting with others, making sure he wants you to know who he is. He wants you to say his name as he's been going on and on about the last few weeks. The back and forth between these two dynamic characters immediately piqued the interest of the full sale crowd. That week, when, when Black had his usual legs in the basket pose, Patrick Clark, in his modern-day gold dust style, seductively slithered to the floor inches from his prey's face, the crowd and me. I was quite surprised at Dream's blatant attempt at stirring Black from his calm and collected trance. It was just crazy. Since then, Dream has been on a warpath purely for Black to say his name. That's all he wants, and it's driving him insane that Black won't do as he is bidden. Dream has become obsessed and desperate. It does have an air of... It has an air of two people in a relationship who've broken up and one scorned lover simply can't move on. They are physically and mentally provocative and to have the object of their affections pay no heed, it really has stood out from the rest of the card, is quite a fascinating story and a product that is, intentionally or not, heavily focused on machoism and alpha male tendencies. I've said in the past that I'm not a massive fan of Alistair Black's style. He still seems cumbersome to me, but he is improving. Um, but for me personally, Patrick Clark comes across as a very accomplished and tough athlete, so that should be an interesting matchup. Uh, despite there being an epic matchup for what I presume will be the main event, another clash of beasts is taking place between Lars Sullivan and Cassius Ono. When I read that this match was going to happen at Takeover, I didn't. I didn't care that it seemed random. I didn't care that I would assume that Cassius Ono would have been in the main event scene of NXT by now due to his his resume, back catalogue, pedigree, all that. I just saw the potential of two super heavyweights, one of them as athletic as hell, battering each other senseless. The kicks and forearms that will be flying about the place between these two just seems ridiculous to me. And with the potential of the whole night being set up with two rings, there really will be a feeling of... like. I'm not 100% sure that the whole event will be two rings beside each other, but if that's the case, there really will be a feeling of not being able to contain this match. Excellent stuff. I'll have my Bludgeon Brothers hammer in my hands for this one. The Fatal 4-Way women's title match is fine. I've not got any overly negative feelings towards it. In fact, it has Nicky Cross and one half of the iconic duo in it, who, in my opinion have been the glue that held the undercard of the women's division together for the last year and change. What 
what irks me about it is that I think Kyrie Sane will win. She was hot throughout and coming out of the May Young Classic, but this is this is a wee bit of a hot take, right? A music presentation gimmick, in ring psychology, they are impressive. I will give her that, but she seems like a really clumsy wrestler to me. Her finishing move, insane elbow, really hits true. In fact, in her match in the May Young Classic. Um, I think it was with Bianca Belair, the girl with the really long ponytail. I think it was, I think it was her. She nearly missed the elbow altogether. She landed in some bizarre, awkward position where the elbow was nowhere near its intended target. It was pretty awful, actually. She's got a lot of work to do for me personally before she is mentioned in the same breath as many of the NXT Women's Champions over the last few years. So <laughs> I hope she doesn't win, to be honest. If either Peyton Royce or Nikki Cross win, I'll be a happy man. I think Iconic Duo have done such good work this year, and Peyton in particular has been getting a lot of ring time, and there is no rust there at all. I think it could be the Australian that picks up the gold here, and that could be really interesting moving forward. Moving on to the men's title match between CN Almas and Drew McIntyre. I feel a bit sorry for Drew McIntyre, actually. He was selling the match with Bobby Roode really well, both on TV and in interviews, like real-life interviews. Felt like a big deal, and Drew came across as a guy who could be a corporate babyface that Vince would see dollar signs with. Now, it's only been a few months, so fair enough, but since since Drew won the title, he has been a bit of an afterthought as the Adam Cole show has come along. Drew doesn't feel like the main event at the moment, and I think he should be treated as a main event. His promos that he has week in, week out, whether it's in the ring or backstage, they prove that for me. So hopefully once this stable warfare calms down, Adam Cole will be the next in line for a title shot. That's if Drew retains. Then the focus will be back on McIntyre as the main event guy. But I can't I can't say I'm not over the moon for seeing Almas and all this as well. He has quietly been one of my favourites in NXT for quite some time and seeing his long-term story of being a hard partier and not caring about losing his matches to having a manager on board who has shifted his goals to that of the NXT gold, it's been great to see. I think he deserves a title shot and then we can see if he can handle being in a main event spot. I was actually watching Drew's promo from NXT this week and he does a really good job of firing up the troops in Phil Salem getting people on his side a few weeks ago he had a really gruelling match with Roderick Strong and CN has a similar brutal style so this could be a sleeper hit it's been a long a long time since the men's title match has been the match of the night at a takeover in my opinion so hopefully we get this here Lastly, if any of you saw the TV episode where Regal announced the War Games match between Sanity, Undisputed Era and Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong, then you'll know that this, there is an excitement about this one here. By the way, what an odd pairing of Roderick Strong and the Authors of Pain. This to me just screams of wanting to shoehorn Strong into the card but not really knowing what to do with him. They've had him being apparently scouted by Cole, Fish and O'Reilly but it's not seemed very organic to me. It's just, it's just an odd combination. I don't know, it's kind of putting me off the stable dynamics of scale, as it were. But anyway, 
I still think it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll be honest, I've not seen... I've only seen one or two War Games matches in my whole life, and teaming that up with WCWs back in the day, they're quite below par production quality. It did come across as a bit of a naff presentation overall, but I think it is in the right hands with Triple H and the rest of the creative team to produce something that is to the strengths of all wrestlers involved. It has been 20 years since the last War Games happened, and you could easily make the argument to all nine competitors are of a better athletic calibre than previous entrants, so I'm sure it will be fine. It's just a bit of an unknown for me, and I'm not sure what to expect. However, from previous personal experience, there have been a good few takeovers in the past that I didn't really have high expectations going into, and usually I leave feeling, you know, like a thousand percent satisfied with the last two and a half hours. So bring it on NXT and give me war games. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show for our regular WWE quiz, and here comes your quiz music now. It's fucking quiz time, with Ricky and Clive and friends, a fucking WWE quiz. Right. So, so for our new listeners... This is a segment that we have every week where we end the show with a little bit of light-heartedness and have ourselves a WWE quiz. The themes could vary throughout the week. There's no scorekeeping here. It's just a, just a bit of fun and hopefully you play along at home without cheating. So no cheating at home, listeners. So I have a... I kept this quiz from the last episode we did and it's a surprise title change quiz. All right? So... Ricky, would you like to tell the listeners what your buzzer is, please? Mine is the line from the famous Cutlito. I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool. <laughs> and Barry, what's yours? Uh, buzzer, quiz buzzer. So mine's is a famous twist on DDPs. It's uh, it's me, it's me, it's B A Z. There we go. So you'll know who's going to come in, right? Number one. AJ Styles shocked the world as it is the first time in 14 years since the WWE changed the WWE title changed when was the last time that the the main event title changed hands on Smackdown so it doesn't have to it's either the WWE or the world title when was the last time that changed hands on Smackdown It's me, it's me, it's B-A-Z. Okay, Barrett. Uh, what year do you want me to tell you what the match was? Or? Um, if you've got the match and the year, that would be fine. Okay, uh, so I could be wrong, but I think it's 2007 and it was the Great Cali winning the Battle Royal. That is wildly incorrect, I'm afraid. Oh, sugar. Um, Richard... You don't, um, you don't need to buzz in. Sorry? You don't need to buzz in for this one. Uh, there's a few in mind. Um, did you say WWE title? Any, tit- any main event. I don't think I'd be sure. Because <laughs> it caught Angle and Brock Lesnar. Was it the Iron Man match? No. It was 
January 2013, where Alberto Del Rio beat the big show in a last man standing match. Oh, I must have wiped that from my memory. Mm-hmm. Was Del Rio, actually, mate. That was a good match, actually. I think I you, remember that. Yeah. That's when Del Rio wasn't on the gear. face. He was a face, I don't know. Right, number two. How many times has British Bulldog won a title in England? How many times? Titles. Uh, oh, how many times? Oh, sorry, I thought you said times or not. I did. Uh, how, many ti- <laughs> how many times has British Bulldog won a title in England? <laughs> I mean, that's not including, like, because... It's including all of them. <sighs> It's me, it's me, it's B-A-Z. Okay. Uh, two. Would you hazard a guess as to what the titles were? Well, I bet Bret Hart uh, went there enough for the Intercontinental title. Uh-huh. And uh, something's telling me the other one was the European title. Well, no, but that wasn't my question. That wasn't my question anyway. So you did say how many times. So I'll give you the point. It was the hardcore title oh. at Insurrection. I know it was one of the air events anyway, Insurrection or Rebellion. No. Another uh, one. Number three. Who did Jericho beat to win his first world title? As in when it went world heavyweight or was that? Just at the main event, world title. I just. Right, okay. I'll need to speak to JR about some quiz music to play in the background. Come on, gentlemen. Um, I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Ricky? <coughs> Steve Austin. No. Oh, you might kick oh. yourself with this one, gents. Barry? Uh, it's obviously when it's blank to the memo. Oh, God. I could actually probably tell you. Nah, I'm wrong on that as well. So, uh, I'll just guess. The Rock. Incorrect. You might be annoyed at me or you might kick yourselves. In April of 2000, Chris Jericho beat Triple H clean in the ring on a Raw for the world title. But then Triple H reversed it later on. He wanted a rematch and bullied Dale Hebner into doing a fast count for it. Do you remember that at all? No. Not really, but I thought it was going to be... At first I thought it was the time when he'd won the... He fought Triple H at Mania. I know he got lost that match, but I thought that's... when he'd won it previously, but it wasn't it. It's when he won the unified titles that time. Right. So first of all, you know... Back in the day it was... Uh, right, so number four. After defeating Triple H, how did Vince McMahon lose the world title? So, you do remember that Vince McMahon beat Triple H one yep. time? Uh-huh. Can you remember how he lost that title? It's me, it's me, it's B-I-G. Um Did they not just lie down the ring and get pinned? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 
Ricardo, would you like to make a guess? How did he lose it? How did he not become the champion? Oh wait, actually, never became the champ. Oh fucking hell! How did he not? How was he a champion one day and then not the champion the next? He vacated it. Yes, well done. Aye. A point to you. Aye, I don't think. Aye, okay. <laughs> uh, so is that one each? One each. So, I've got one. Before. Oh, hold on, Ricky, I think you got one right before me. I think there's no two words at all. No. No, I didn't. Alright. So, this is the decider. You need to get your memory caps on here. The first world title changed on Raw. The first world title change on Raw happened in February 97, as far as Wikipedia is concerned. Who won the world title on Raw? Who was the first person to do it on a Monday Night Raw? Jeez. 90, 97, did you say? Aye. Jeez, oh. Is that just too random a question? No, because there's a quite obvious answer. I'm thinking now, but I think I might be getting the year wrong. Would you like uh, to ask? I think, no, 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 I'm not going to, because it was, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not taking that, I guess it wasn't that. Um, because I don't think they were. Which year did you say it was? 97, aye. 97, yeah. 97. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I might have to do a countdown here soon. Maybe you've got a question lined up in there. Uh, yeah, we've got one, yeah. Oh, good. Do you pass? I uh, start counting then. Nine, ten, um, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. I spent a face of people who don't want to be cool. Oh. <laughs> right. Am I allowed to take a guess? Aye. Oh, this is nothing but an absolute take, guess. Take the guess then. Right, here we go. This is an absolute guess while I casually check my phone. No, because I was going to say Brett, but I don't even know if Brett was there at that point. What is your guess? Taylor? Incorrect. Barry, in, uh, question, uh, guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get a chance to guess. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say Brett then. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> The answer was Psycho Sid. <sighs> no, I would never have got that. So I was going to say the obvious one, Mankind, when DX helped him. But that was 1999. I knew that it wasn't that one in 1997, so. And DX anyway. Right. I said, well, just starting out. I've got another decider. How many times has Edge won a main event title? So either the WWE or the World Heavyweight title. How many times has Edge won that title? when he wasn't scheduled to be in that title match. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> right, I know one for definite. Mm-hmm. I know two for definite. Oh, oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What are you thinking of it? 
You're not. Well, the most obvious one, I know one, the most obvious one is, but I want to actually believe that that's a survival series. That's probably the one Ricky was talking about. Ah, yeah. Was that, it? That is. Alright, I thought... I, so I, I'm, I, talk, I'm talking about the one with Triple H and Kozlov. Aye, alright, I thought the first obvious one was... Can I say that then? Or that, that ruin it? No. Well, it's... Say the help trick then, don't it? Uh, so I might just give it to myself and I thought of that one yet. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Okay, how many? Three. <coughs> oh, no. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. <laughs> Damn it! It's me, it's me, it's B-A-Z. Right. Is it just the two then? No, it's not. Oh, boy. It's four. Four. I've got my spare hand. Well, oh, the other one I was thinking of was the money in the bank. He cashed in against Cena. He cashed in mm-hmm. against Undertaker. He appeared at Survivor Series, and there was a match, a chamber match, where Jeff Hardy eliminated him. Who was he? Was the world champ at the time? In the first chamber match of the night, and then in the second chamber match of the night, he attacked Kofi Kingston before Kofi got into the chamber. So he did, uh, and took his place and won the title. What the ultimate opportunity is at it again, guys? <laughs> right, I've only got one question left. <laughs> okay, fucking hell. When when was the last? A never-ending quiz. Mm-hmm. When was the last time the WWE title changed hands on SmackDown? WWE what one's WWE title again? <laughs> what's the one that's currently around the way to AJ Styles? Is that what it is? The one that's not the big gold belt, the big gold plate, the one that's not that one. So the one AJ Styles has got? <sighs> Back in the day, I mean aye. <laughs> so so I as AJ Styles one, but it's the one for back in the day and also. Uh, sorry, can you repeat the question again, please? It wasn't that hard a question. <laughs> I, I forgot it. I was actually going to ask him to repeat it because I wanted to see how it was worded. When was the last time the WWE title changed hands on SmackDown television? Fuck it, I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it was November 7, 2017. AJ Styles beat Jinder Mahal. Can <laughs> <laughs> <Correct>. I? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I will not accept your answer, but I oh. I'll, I'll give you another shot because I wasn't clear. I wasn't. Like, I meant I, before I, that. I, I spit in the face of people don't want to be cool. Brock was not a cut angle in my match. Yes, that's it. Well yes, that was the last that was time. A pure guess. So finally, we've got a winner, and it's now 2018. I hope you all enjoyed Survivor Series because we missed it. <laughs> uh, right. So, guys, this is coming to the end of the show. I'll need to do a wee bit of some plugging here, if you don't mind, for a couple of seconds. 
feel free to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ricky and Clive. We are, as I was mentioned earlier, we are now proud members of Social Suplex Podcast Network with the other shows on it, which are One Nation Radio and the SMC Podcast. We're all available on iTunes and Android, so they can all be searched for under the Social Suplex Podcast, like when you're doing the search engine thing, you know what I mean, Social Suplex. Subscribe to and rate the show on iTunes or at the host website, socialsuplexwrestling.podbean.com and check out our blogs and websites for columns and news on the latest podcasts being dropped. And by the way, just a wee shameless plug, I've got my own Unsung Heroes column series available on socialsuplex.com, so head over there to read me marking out for all those sorry-arsed mid-carders out there. And you can also join a community on the Wrestling Squared Circle on Facebook. That was a long one. I might shorten that for next week. <laughs> that was almost as long as the quiz. <laughs> Any last words before we go, gentlemen? Yeah, I just want to say a big thank you to the guys at Social Suplex Podcast Network. We appreciate it. Um, hope to do you guys proud and hopefully we continue getting more listeners and we appreciate everyone. And hopefully... You understand our accent? Aye, feel free to play the thing at half speed. <laughs> <laughs> so, it might shock you, but this isn't, we don't actually all talk like how Drew McIntyre talks, we talk a bit more like Noam Dar on Ecstasy. Yeah, that's true, that is, that's, that's true. Barry? Uh, I've just enjoyed the debut show, um, and I think excitement is the word for Survivor Series so I've been really shocked it was a disappointment so really looking forward to that really looking forward to hopefully getting to see it live as well Aye, so you keep saying guys see you know you know how you <laughs> just mentioned uh, Noam Dar right? see when he goes on Twitter he like tweets everything as if he's saying it like in proper like Scottish Aye. the way we speak so I, I, I read one of his tweets and someone's got a uh, an account called Gnome Dar translated. <laughs> so every single tweet they translate it into quote unquote proper English. Found <laughs> that quite <a> funny. <laughs> <laughs> Might have a wee spatch at that one. Because uh, he, he tweeted something about um, they were getting torn into like a bottle of, a bottle of wine or something. Uh, I can't mind what it was again, but it was kind of funny. Just typical Scottish chat. Right. <laughs> so this is. This is us signing off, and as Barry said, Survivor Series, if it disappoints, I'll be angry. So, fucking deliver, please, Vince. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show, and we'll speak to you next week. Good night. Take care, guys. Take care. Good night. God bless.